Praise God. If you could stand to your feet tonight, we just want to welcome Pastor Paul as he comes to minister the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> there you are. Good evening, everybody. Everybody happy? Praise the Lord. So wonderful to be here. You may take your seats. Thank you so much. Amen. But we stand for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And uh, we're here to worship him tonight in the great city of Dublin, Ireland. Amen. And I'll tell you, the best is yet to come. Say that with me. The best is yet to come. Come on, say it like you mean it. The best is yet to come. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you're living out of your memories, you're going in the wrong direction. God gives us dreams to lead us forward. And I believe that what the church, our posture right now is advance. Everybody say that with me, advance. Hallelujah. So wonderful to be here with you, those that are watching online. Praise the Lord. Amen. So good to see each and every person, your faces. Amen. Here we are in the boxing arena. Amen. The national boxing arena in the city of Dublin. Amen. And I've said it many times to this church, to this congregation. Amen. Before pandemics, before COVID, you know, before anything like that, God did not place you in a boxing arena so that you could just, you know, have cute services. Amen. I believe it was a prophetic statement. I believe there's an anointing upon this work, upon this, your pastors. Amen. I believe that there is something that the Lord wants to accomplish. How many people believe that? Let me see your hands. So this is a prophetic statement. God does not put you in, in something like this here if there's not a fight. The fight, you know, it can get a little bit, you know, nasty at times, but it's the fight, the good fight of faith. And God doesn't put you in a place like this. Come on, any fighters in this room tonight? Come on. God doesn't put you in a place like this so that you can just have cute moments and lovely, fuzzy feeling moments and all of those different things. Your, your pastors are fighters. Your pastors are warriors. They're apostles. Amen. They want to take nations. They want to take this nation. You can hear the, the fire in his heart burning tonight. Amen. Where, where is the revival? Where is the fire of God? Where are the people of God? You can hear that. You can hear that coming out. How many people thank God for pastors like that? Let me see your hands. Aren't you glad that they're not here tonight to let you just sleep in the pew, to let you just sleep in the, in the chair. Amen. I thank God that he wants to pour gasoline on, on your lives. Amen. Set you on fire time after time after time after time. I love coming into a place like this. Why? Because it resonates with the fight of God living in the inside of me. Why? Because I will not allow the enemy to get the, the victory. Can I have a big amen? Come on. How many people believe that the devil is defeated? Let me see your hands tonight. Come on, shut it out. The enemy is defeated. Now, come on, Dublin, let me hear you. The enemy is defeated. Amen. We might take the odd punch. We might take the odd attack. But you know what? When I fall, I shall arise. Micah 7, verse 8. Shut it out. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord is my light. Praise the Lord. Amen. The best is yet to come. I'm going to say it one more time. The best has yet to come. I might even say it again, the best has yet to come. Praise the Lord. Amen. So wonderful. We give honor to, amen, our Heavenly Father. Praise the Lord, first and foremost. He is the greatest, amen, to be chosen out of all the millions and billions of people in the world to be part of the family of God. Amen. It's such an awesome privilege. Amen. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. We may not be many in this room tonight, but I tell you, it's a whole lot more than what others have. 
Amen. But I tell you, you could be sitting in a bar tonight strung out. You could be sitting somewhere tonight strung out. You could be just, you know, just loaded in alcohol, loaded in cocaine. But I tell you, there goes the grace of God. Amen. We are seated and clothed and in our right minds, sitting in a boxing arena. Amen. Just sitting, you know, a little bit cold, but I tell you, the fire of God burns in our hearts. Amen. It's so wonderful. Glory to God. I mean, I am stirred up. I am excited. Glory to God. I drive through the streets of this city, and I'm like, I'm a child of God. I'm born again by the Spirit of God. Amen. We're sitting in that hotel. I don't know how many believers are in that hotel, but I tell you, my family are born again by the Spirit of God. Amen. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb. We have so much to be thankful for. Amen. We're healthy. We're wealthy and wise. Shout it out. The best is yet to come. We're walking in the goodness of God. His goodness and mercy follows us all the day days of our lives. There may be darkness all around us, but I tell you, the light shines on in the darkness. Amen. I've been preaching at, at Millennial in Tulsa, and I've been saying, you know what? Stars can't shine without darkness. So it doesn't matter how dark it gets, you know what? The more dark it gets, the brighter we shine. So I say, go ahead and be as dark as you want. That just makes me brighter and brighter and brighter. Glory to God. Listen, we're living in a world that doesn't need me to tell you tonight. It's changed. Everything has changed. But for us, it just gets better. For the church, it gets more glorious. Why? Because it gets worse and worse and worse. And Scripture says that it, grows, it waxes colder and colder and colder. But for us, the church, we have nothing but hope. We have this precious hope. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's why we can minister with conviction. We can do this. Think about this. The enemy would not like this meeting to take place. But praise the Lord. You have pastors that says, you know what? We must. We must have meetings. No matter what it looks like, we must have meetings. Here is a place. You know what? Here is water. What hinders you to be baptized? Here is a building. What hinders us to have meetings? I say have as many meetings as you possibly can. You couldn't meet for ages and ages and ages, so why not make hay while the sun shines? Well, this is Dublin, praise the Lord. We take all the sun we can get, right? Praise the Lord. Amen. But here, we, we're in a time. Amen. Why not make up, make up for lost time? Why not have meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting? Amen. Just stick it right up the devil's nostril. There's people tonight don't want this to happen. There's people tonight do not want pe people like us as the church to meet. But here we are meeting. It is so wonderful. And look, there's many chairs in this room, and we don't have to be huddling in one corner. Amen. Everybody's spaced out for those who want to just see. We are social distancing, praise the Lord. Amen. But I tell you, we are one in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Come on, shout it out. The glory of God is manifesting in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I want you to go with me, please, to look for. I'm not going to keep you long. We don't need to go long. Praise the Lord. The Lord has got great plans for each and every one of us. But I do want to give honor also to Pastors John and Joanna Ahern. Can I, can I have you put your hands together, please, and just bless them tonight? Come on, you can do better than that. They are generals. Outstanding, and I say it with all my heart. I love them. I love their family. I tell you, we have prayed and believed and stood, and we walk even though we are not physically together. 
I tell you, we are one in the spirit. And we believe with all of our hearts that God is doing something so powerful through their lives. And I tell you, if we were not pastoring and we still lived in this country, we would come to this church. Because I believe in the mandate that is upon this church. I believe in the mandate that is upon the pastors. And I tell you, I believe with all my heart that they are going to get it done. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Come on, say it with me. It's going to be accomplished in the mighty name of Jesus. So, I just want to speak to you just a couple of minutes tonight, really. Uh, I believe that the fire of God is moving. I believe that the fire of God is burning. I believe that there are certain things that we need to accomplish. It's our posture. It's our position. It's, uh, it's what we see. It's not what the world sees. It's what we see. It's the eyes that God gives us to see. Amen. You know, Paul said to Timothy in a very horrendous time in Timothy's ministry, Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, you must stir up the gift of God. Because Timothy wanted to run away. He wanted to run and hide. Things were dark. People were being burned in the stakes in the back of Nero's yard at his palace. They were being tarred and they were being set on fire. He had his own illuminations display at nighttime. They were setting people in guillotines. They were sliding them down slides. By the time they got to the end of the slide, they were in two pieces. We haven't got there yet, ladies and gentlemen. There is still time for us. Amen. But Timothy was under serious pressure. There are a lot of people in the world today under serious pressure. There are ministers and churches and ministries throughout the world. Amen. We think we have it bad, but there are other places that are having it much worse. Amen. Just think, just always think, when you think that you are having it bad, just know that there is someone else somewhere that is having it more worse than you. But Timothy was in a very, very terrible bind. And he was ready to run, but yet Paul came and he says, Timothy, you must stir up the gift of God that is within you. At the laying on of hands, you received gifts. There was something that was handed down to you from generation to generation, and I'm here to say, stir it up. And so Paul was able to get that gift and grab it and was able to get Timothy to a place that he could see that there was a way ahead. Because sometimes we can't see the way ahead because of the pressure and because of the onslaught of the enemy that wants to come against us. This uh, discouragement, despondency, this disappointment that wants to just circle us. It wants to cut us off. It wants to shut us down. It wants to demotivate us. It wants to absolutely destabilize everything that we have used throughout our life as our as our crutches. But I tell you, in God, there is always those that can get around us, that can hold us up when we don't feel like we can hold ourselves. Proverbs 31 says that he will always have people around us that will speak for us when we don't even think we have anything to say. God always has those around us. God has always those that can go before us. God has always those that can come behind us. God has always those that will undergird us. God will always have those that will pray for us when we don't even know that people are praying. God knows how to get things done. He is the master. Shut it out. He is the master. He has always had people throughout the decades, throughout the years, throughout the hundreds of years. He has always had the right people at the right time doing the right thing at the right moment. And I believe in the name of Jesus. We are among those tonight. If you believe it, shut a big amen. We are not here tonight in a freezing boxing ring so that we can just say what a great time we had in the Lord. I don't believe that the revival 
revivals of the days to come are going to be like the revivals of the day past. I believe that this move of God is going to be very different. It is going to call people to their knees. It is going to call people to absolute repentance. It is going to call people to a recompense. It is going to call people to a reckoning. And they are going to recognize that there is a need for a Savior. There is a need for something beyond anything that we've ever had. Meetings are not going to be just a great feel-good time. They are going to be a mobilization and an activation because I believe that it is time for the army of God to rise. If you believe that, shut a big amen. So things are going to be a little different. There's going to be a challenge come to you. There's going to be an expectation come to you. There's going to be this question that arises within you from the Spirit of the Lord. Can I use you? Can I use you to do my will? Can I use you to go with me, to go into places that no one else will go? Can I ask you, can you go with me? Can you walk with me to do things that I've asked others to do, but they said no? Can you give me a yes? I want you to lift your hands tonight and say, yes, I will go. I will will do that you see others may get you irritated and frustrated at their complacency what seems to be their procrastination but you have to understand that this is not natural that is taking place right now this is spiritual and you cannot cannot you cannot deal with what's happening on the earth today in a natural way. Natural things are straining at the seams. Our medical systems are straining at the seams. Our, our strain, seams. our government officials are just absolutely just under the pressure that we have no idea what type of pressure that they are under. They are just political figures that have been voted in. No one signed up for a pandemic. No one signed up for things like this. As a minister, I did not sign up to be a pastor. I didn't sign up to be an end times minister. I didn't sign up to be apostolic and prophetic. I didn't sign up to be a minister in a time of a pandemic. I didn't ask for this, ladies and gentlemen, but you know what? I got the job. Look at you near and say we got the job. We didn't ask to be part of the end times church. We didn't ask to be born and to live in Ireland and to be part of what God is doing here. But you know what? It's what the Lord has asked for. It's what the Lord has said. It's what the Lord has governed. It's what the Lord has planned. It is his vision. It is his heart. And you've got the goods. Look at your neighbor and say, I've got the goods. Amen. So there's no point in wishing that you were someone else or that you were somewhere else. Tonight, you've got the job of holding out in Dublin. But I tell you, you're going to love the results. I'm going to say it again, the best has yet to come. Throughout the last 23 years, 22 years of ministry, I have said so many times to the point of irritating people in the early days when we had the church up in the north, to the, I irritated people because I would say the best has yet to come over and over and over. And at some services, I would nearly say it 20 to 30 times, and I could nearly see people's eyes rolling in their head like the best has yet to come. Doesn't he know any more scriptures? I mean, he's just going fill in times the best. And I would say to this, you know, you are a winner. Um, this, we are winners. 
sinners. And I would just keep declaring it and prophesying it. And I would see people roll their eyes in their head like, you know, come on, give us a bit of scripture. But I would keep prophesying at them, winner, winner, winner. You are a winner. Shut it up. I am a winner. Why? Because God does not bring us to a fight to have us to lose. We're a different breed, ladies and gentlemen. And I've told the devil many times over the years, you don't even know who you're messing with. And the enemy came to strike you hard here at this church. But I tell you, you won't stay behind. Because I'll tell you, the greatest days are right up ahead. And that's why Micah 7 verse 8 is so alive. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord is my light. Every day you should declare over your family the best is yet to come. Every day you should declare over your children the best is yet to come. Come on, shut it out. The best has yet to come. A couple of weeks ago, over this last couple of weeks, I've been having moments in the Lord where it's just been really effortless. Over the last couple of years, you know, I've, I, I, I spend so much more time probably out of my bed than I did in my bed. And uh, my office or, you know, bits and pieces of an office, my couch, my white couch, became a place where I lay most nights with the Lord. I would sleep a bit, wake a bit, weep a bit, laugh a bit. It became a place, you know, a lot of people have their prayer chair. That became my prayer couch. And uh, I didn't set out to be like this, you know, but I, I felt the weight and the tremendous responsibility of the hour. And at times I would check to see, am I prepared for this? I would listen to many, many things that people would say, and many people would say so many wonderful things, but yet at the end of the day, I knew that I couldn't live by another man's conviction. I couldn't live by another woman's conviction. I, I couldn't live out of another person's faith. I would, have to, I would have to find this for myself. I could take guidance. I can take suggestions, but I, I had to find that word of the Lord for me, for my family, for our churches, whatever. You, you understand what I'm saying? I had to find that because I knew that I'd never been here before. These were uncharted waters. I, I hadn't been down this path before, but yet there was something that I would know that would be different in my heart would be that even though I hadn't physically been here before, I had been here in my prayers. I had been here spiritually. I had been down a road where I know that I pray beyond the moment. I have prayed beyond. For many, many years, I had prayed beyond the moment. You know, when you pray in the Spirit, you don't pray just about the here and now. We're just not praying 911 or, or 999. You're just not praying those prayers to get me out of jail quickly. You know, oh, goodness, I feel sick, so I'm praying about it. I feel sick. When you work with God, you pray about the day to come. You pray in the Spirit, and you pray about those moments that are coming down, the trajectory that God has us on, each and every one of us. And so I knew as I would lay, lie on that couch that I had been here sometimes, some places, some way. And I knew that the wisdom of God was available for me because I had prayed out many things. And even though my flesh was screaming, my flesh was, as a human, as a, as a man, as a, as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, as a minister to many, I, I just knew that if I could bring all of this into a place of subjection and submission 
to the Spirit or to my prayer life, then I knew that I would, I would find answers, I would find solutions. And I, and I knew it wasn't a time that I just needed to now build my faith because I have said this for years from the pulpit, is that you have to do what you know to do when you have time to do it so that when you haven't time to do what it is you need to do, then you've already got what it is that you need for that moment. How many people understand what I'm saying? And so we find ourselves here two years coming on. And where are we? Are we further down the road? What do we see? Are we more despondent than ever? Are we more disillusioned than ever? Are we more frustrated and irritated than ever? <laughs> or have we a greater fight in us than we've ever had before? And I have a greater fight in me than what I have ever had in my life. I wouldn't have cared if two people had shown up tonight. You know what? It's worth it just to do this and wave this flag in the face of the devil. I'm going to say that again. I didn't care if two people showed up tonight. This is worth flying this flag in the face of the devil. Because I tell you, all nations, you are going to make it. Shut it out. We are going to make it. And I tell you, God is going to have you rise higher and higher, stronger and stronger. The fortification of God is working in you. And even though you don't feel it, even though you may not see it, the fortification is taking place. If you believe that, shut a big amen. Come on, guys. Shut it out. More are coming. Come on. Sister Jackie's life is not going to just be just that one that got away. You have to understand that she is a seed. Unless the seed fall in the ground and die, it cannot bring forth. When our son went to heaven in 2005 at the age of 10, I tell you, we sowed him as our greatest seed. Until this day, I tell you, Jackie is your greatest seed. Sow her and reap the harvest of thousands and thousands and thousands of souls. In the name of Jesus, do not look at her death. Look at the birth and resurrection of many, many souls that are coming. In the name of Jesus, you can't look back. Jackie is not in the ground. She is working with you right now. If you believe it, shout a big amen. Amen. She may not be on this side. She is on that side, but she is still part of this ministry, and she is still helping help this church and still helping these pastors. Can I have a big amen? That's how it is. So in Matthew 3, 3, it says this, for this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. A couple of weeks ago, uh, everything we've been so we've been going here, there, and everywhere. I think it's a couple of weeks ago. I had another moment where I took some rest with the Lord before I ministered, and I was really battling. And I said, "Lord, I really need a word from you. I need something. I need some. I need you to minister to me so that I, I have the word that needs to come forward. And I know that sometimes if I can just get myself at, at peace." How many people this works for? If I can just get myself at peace or even get myself in below the duvet. How many people believe, bless God for that right there. If I can get myself under the duvet and just get myself stayed still enough and even fall asleep. Many times when I fall asleep, it's like at that moment, you know, when you're nearly unconscious is when the word of the Lord speaks. And I heard the word of the Lord come to me in my sleep. It was so strong. And he says this, I can do anything I want. 
at any time I need to do it. It was so strong within me that when I stirred, and there was a train of events that played out as I slept. I was very aware of this when I came around and I awakened, and I knew you can do anything. And after all these years of walking with the Lord, I had a fresh revelation for me personally, for me personally, I had this knowing within me that God can do anything he wants to do. And I knew that what the Lord had ministered to me was that even all through these years, I still was restricting him in some areas. And you may say to yourself, Pastor Paul, so vulnerable. I have nothing to hide. I'm just telling you that, that some of my thought processes, and I could see them, even my understanding of the word, I was boxing him and limiting him. And when he came to me in the way that he came to me as I slept and as I rested, it was really, truly the word of the Lord. I can do anything. And he showed me things. He showed me things that happened in the Bible that no one really was aware of and no one was really praying about. You know, Gideon was not praying about being used by the Lord. And yet God shows up in his life. You know, Mary was not praying about being used by the Lord. And yet God shows up in her life. She becomes the mother of Jesus. I mean, what on earth is going on? We live in a charismatic world. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. But I don't think that Mary ever uttered once from her lips, use me, Lord, like we know in the charismatic world. It just simply had a moment where she was destined to be used by God. I want you to lift your hands and just say, I am destiny in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we are going to fulfill our part in the plan of God, whether we are conscious of it or not, whether we have prayed about it or not. And what I had a revelation of in a moment, even in the bed, ladies and gentlemen, was this, that even if I have not prayed about what God wants to do in my life and for me and for others around me, somebody somewhere through history has prayed about my part in the plan of God. Somebody somewhere has prayed it. Somebody somewhere has prophesied it. Somebody somewhere got it in the spirit. I maybe never got it, but you know what? One thing that I'm going to do is fulfill what God has asked me to do. And that's what Mary said, ladies and gentlemen. Even at her tender young age, she simply said, be it unto me according to thy word. I want you to say that all over this room tonight. Be it unto me according to thy word. Regardless of what that looks like, you know, you would have thought to be the mother of Jesus, but you know what? She had to step out of that moment and then face the scorn, face all the opposition, face all the, the naysayers, all those people that would come against her because what? She's now pregnant out of wedlock. What does this look like? What is going on? Her world turned upside down and she had Jesus living inside her. And sometimes we think, you know, that when we get Jesus inside us, that our world should just become better and better and better and better and better. And I believe that that is the truth of God. But I believe that when you get Jesus living in the inside of you, there can be a period of time where your world is turned upside down, that your world goes into a little bit of a chaos. It goes into a little bit of upheaval. Everything that seemed to be normal is not normal anymore. The way people treated you, they don't treat you like that anymore. You have changed. Look at your neighbor and say, things 
are changing. And what people don't realize is that when Jesus gets in the inside of them, their lives begin to change. Everything that is hooked up to destiny, everything that is hooked up to, uh, to, to uh, prophecy, everything that is hooked up to destiny now is alive in the inside of them. And there are changes that are taking place every day of their life. And sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we don't understand why people treat us the way they treat us. Sometimes we don't understand why people talk to us the way they talk to us. And we could just simply say, I've got Jesus living in the inside of me. I'm not trying to do anybody harm. But the very fact and the truth is that Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is now living in the inside of you. Something is about to change and it starts with you. We look back at it and think, wasn't it wonderful to be the mother of Jesus? I don't think for one minute that it was wonderful to be the mother of Jesus. I don't think it was wonderful one minute to face all that scorn and that shame. You know, to be, just to be, you know, just, just looked upon and frowned upon as little old Mary who got pregnant, you know, and Joseph won't even man up and take responsibility and all of those different things. You can just imagine how the families reacted. You can just imagine how the religion just wanted just to go off on her. And I'm telling you, just, just a shoromostorkevashti. And she just just walked it out. Walked, I have no idea what that would be like. And then to give, you know, here she is. You know, she had these supernatural encounters. You would have think that, you know, at least she could have been holding out in, in a beautiful, beautiful house, in a beautiful, beautiful bed, in with beautiful, beautiful things. But here she is on a journey, heavily pregnant. And the next thing, there's not anywhere even so that she can give birth to a supernatural event that she had nothing to do with. She didn't even pray about it. All she simply said was, be it unto me according to thy word. She simply said, yes, okay, praise the Lord. Amen. She, she, uh, she, I sense in this room tonight that you may not understand everything that is going on, but if you yield yourself to God and just simply say, be it unto me according to thy word, I'm telling you, God will make sense out of the crazy at some stage in your life. Can I have a big amen? She's pregnant on a donkey, not going anywhere fast. This thing couldn't get any worse. Pregnant, ostracized. What's going on? Chaos. My world has just fell into chaos, but yet Jesus lived in the inside of her. See, a lot of times we think that the will of God is just, you know what? The angels dropping rose petals along the path so that we can walk on them. I've ministered to so many people over the years telling them, you know, they're saying, Pastor, what's going on? I don't know if I'm in the will of God. There's so many things that are going wrong. I said, the very fact that things are going wrong, the very fact that you feel like you just don't fit anymore, the very fact that you feel like you are out of sorts, the very fact that you think that everything could go wrong, is going wrong, is the very proof that you are on the plan of God and that you are walking through opposition. There are things that the enemy sends to stop you, ladies and gentlemen, but in the will of God is the most greatest, most blessed place that you could ever be, even though this world just wants to swirl and hurt you and just, just come against you, persecute you. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how much persecution comes against you. Woo! You may be pressed, but you will never be crushed. Matthew 3, 3, I just read it to you. Everything's changing. Back up from Mary, here comes Elizabeth giving birth to John. John simply had a, a little job to do, a little job, Pastor Paul, just a little job. 
He was given a little job of being the forerunner of the Christ. Imagine, just a simple job. But he spoke of one to come. He knew what his job was. I can't imagine what it was like for John. I can't imagine, did John live his life praying, God, use me, praying, God, use me? I wonder, did John pray about the territory? I wonder, did he even pray about the region? I don't believe some of these people do what we did, or they did what we do. I just believe that they simply fulfilled their slot in history. Mark 1, 2 to 3. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Luke 3, 4 to 6. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every ravine will be filled, and every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked will become straight, and the rough road smooth, and also flesh will see the salvation of God. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, a voice is calling, Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Luke 3, 15 to 17, apologize for so much scripture, but I'm telling you, I'm setting this up for the weekend because God can do anything. Say that with me. God can do anything. You think that, you think that this is dark right now? I'm telling you, God can do anything. Every move of God was preceded by such darkness. Even in the north of Ireland, in the Ulster Revival in 1859, it was falling apart, ladies and gentlemen. It was a depraved state, but God had a plan. Shut it out. God had as a plan. You may think this is bad right now, pandemics everywhere, but every time everybody shouted pandemic, I would shout, this is an awakening unto God. I too am like Pastor John saying, why are the people, where are the people, what's going on with the people? But I know that even though I question what's happening with the people, I cannot question what's happening with God. God has got this. Look at your neighbor and say, God has got this. And he will never allow the enemy to trump what he wants to do. God is about to show up and show strong. God is about to show Shine his light in the darkness, ladies and gentlemen, and you are it. Stop looking for another people. Stop looking for another church. Stop looking for someone else that's going to do this. Stop looking for another pastor because I believe that God wants to move through this place and he wants to move through you. If you believe it, shout a big amen. Come on, shout it. Amen. You're saying, Pastor, you're preaching too hard. I don't know how else to preach it. You can't come in here tonight just with a little soft voice and say, prepare ye the way. Drain the battery. <sighs> you know what Satan wants? He wants you to sit there and freeze over. You say, Pastor, I'm about frozen over right now. Just give me a few more minutes and I'll let you go. But I love this. 
I love what God is doing. I just love that we're having meetings. I just love that nothing could stop us getting on an airplane to come. I just love that I could go up and spend time with my family. I just love that I could come down here tonight and spend just time with my spiritual family. I just love it. I just... Lord. You're supposed to approach the king banded over. Thank you. man is just praying the spirit with me right now. I can't hear you. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Luke 3, 15 and 17 says this. Now while the people were in a state of expectation... And all were wondering in their hearts about John, as to whether he was the Christ. John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I. And I am not fit to unite the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor. And to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. In Matthew 3, 11 and 12. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he is coming after me, is mightier than I. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor. And he will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Mark 1, 7 and 8. And he was preaching and saying after me, One is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptized you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And ladies and gentlemen, for me, this is where it's at now. You know, we've tried to be Christians without too much razzmatazz and too much spirit. Too much spiritual, you know, it's okay. We can come and we can have a good message. We can come and, you know what, clap our hands and sing a song. But don't give us too much of that spirit stuff. I mean, at least, you know, just don't pray in tongues too much, you know. But we've come to a place where the power and the presence of God is not a luxury anymore. It's not, you know, our choice anymore whether we would like to be filled with the power of God. It is our birthright. You cannot live this life, naturally speaking, And deal with what's coming against us. Hear the word of the Lord. God always sends those to prepare the way. God always sends those to make straight the path. 
God always sends those to raise up valleys, bring down mountains. He also sends those, Habakkuk 2, to stand upon your watch. But you have to hear me this weekend as I work with your pastors and work with you. That to live impotent as a born-again believer is really just inviting disaster to your home. It's inviting the destroyer to come with his power as you sit as a born-again believer with the invitation from God for Jesus to baptize you with power so that you can defeat every attack that the enemy would try to bring your way. You will not succeed in this time, in this hour that we're living as a born-again believer, just simply by saying, I am saved, and if I die, I will go to heaven. Because the truth of the revelation of salvation and the plan and the purpose of God as the kingdom of God it says that even though this world will be shaken, the kingdom of God will not be shaken. And you are of that kingdom that cannot be shaken. So no matter what comes around you, you remain unshaken. It is the power of God that will keep you. It is the power of God that will uphold you. It is the power of God that will propel you. It is the power of God that will take you through every attack, every attack, every onslaught of the enemy. It is the power of God that will take you through. For people in this room tonight or watching online that just thinks, you know, praying in tongues is what everybody else do. I asked you to pray in tongues. And you know what? It seemed a little quiet in here. If you were at my church in Tulsa and I asked people to pray in tongues, you're going to hear a roar. Why are you going to hear a roar? Because people have come to believe that there is power in praying in tongues. I'll tell people all the times, let the person beside you hear you pray in tongues. Why? Because it stirs them and encourages them and fuels them. Why? Because one coal sets another coal on fire. Another coal sets another coal on fire. Another piece of wood pupped on another piece of wood and a little bit of gasoline helps everybody burn together. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to burn together. You see, this was part of this devilish thing that happened planet Earth was the enemy wanted to splinter the church. The enemy wanted to bring the church to a place that we become isolated, not insulated. Amen. Way back when, when Christian schooling in this country was just a taboo thing. Amen. It's still a taboo thing. But a carnal myself endeavored to say, you know what? We are going to have Christian, uh, we're going to bring our, our children up in Christian education. That was our conviction. And you know, my, my, my question to the Lord was, I don't want to isolate my children. And the Spirit of the Lord came back to me through someone and said, you will not isolate them, you will insulate them. And that was the word of the Lord. And you see, what the enemy wants to do every time is to isolate us, ladies and gentlemen. But God wants to insulate us. He wants to build in us something that will keep us through thick and thin. Can I have a big amen? And he gave us the precious Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. I have to go because I am one. Amen. I have fulfilled my course. I have to go take my place at the right hand of the Father. I go and take my place at the right hand of the Father so that I can send the precious Holy Spirit in 10 days. Was just so that everybody could get in a place of unity and pray the Spirit of God in. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. No, that was not the 10 days in the upper room. They were not on their knees 
compelling the Spirit to come, like some of us in services are. Come, Holy Spirit. That is not what we really should be doing, ladies and gentlemen. The Holy Spirit is here. Can I have a big amen? We are not trying to get the Spirit here. He is here. He is here to work and to utilize every single one of us. So everybody was not in the upper room saying, Come, Holy Spirit, and trying to woo the Holy Spirit and trying to get in unity in the upper room. No, the day of Pentecost was a moed. It was a set time. It was an appointed time. It didn't matter will anybody prayed about it in the upper room or not. Amen. The prayer was for the church, not as much for the, prayer, the precious spirit. The prayer was for the church so that they would keep themselves focused, that they would keep their eyes on Jesus, that they would keep themselves in the word, that they would be ready for the spirit of God to come. Their job was not to try and get the spirit into the earth. The spirit was coming. I'll say to you tonight again, God can do anything. Amen. It didn't matter what the enemy was going to do. It didn't matter what demons were going to do. It didn't matter what territorial devils and principalities were going to do. The spirit of God was coming and there was nothing anybody could do about it. He was coming. Why? Because he was going to fill the church with his power. And it is time for us as a church to be filled with power. If you believe that, shut a big amen. Come on, shut it out. It's time to be filled with power. This weekend, I believe with all my heart, we're going to see something burn within us again. If you believe that, lift your hands all over the room in Jesus' name. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. You just didn't get saved and come to the altar to give your life to Jesus so that you could just get to heaven. Come on, Thessalonians tells us that we are the body of Christ and we are a restraining order. Say that with me, a restraining order. What do you mean a restraining order? Well, if you're in the police force and a restraining order is put on someone so that they cannot go over to a person's house, they are bound by the law. You cannot see this person. You cannot go to their house. You cannot go to that area. It is a restraining order. Amen. There is a restraining order right now on the enemy. Can I have a big amen? Amen. Thessalonians says a restraining order on the Antichrist. Why? Because it's not his time yet to be revealed. Why? Because the church is still here. You are still here. Amen. Why are you still here? Because there's a job for you to do. Shut it out. There's a job. What is your job? Your, your job is to be the light in the darkness. Your job is to be the powerful church and say to the devil that you cannot do what you want to do. You cannot be what you want to be. I bind you. In the name of Jesus, I render you useless. I shut you up and shut you down. Why? Because we have to be the ecclesia, the governing authority of Almighty God. Can I have an amen? Come on, shut it out. A fire burn within me. People are not supposed to look at us, church, as just being anemic and potent and just, you know, just, you know, half dead. Oh, just feeling sorry for us because we can't meet anymore. I loved it when you went to Phoenix Park. I mean, I loved it. I want to praise God. And that's what I believed would happen in the church. That if they kept us out of our buildings, we would meet in fields. We would meet in places. We would, we would meet under trees. We would meet under the stars. Why? Because that was the early charge. They couldn't be defeated. Even when they couldn't be above ground, they went to the catacombs. Even when they couldn't be seen, amen, they went where they could be. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this is our time to shine. Shut it out. This is our time to shine. And you can't do it with the natural mind. Because your natural mind will always succumb to the pressures. Why? Because the enemy, Satan, is the God of this world.
We're living in prophecy. We're living in Bible. We literally are living in Bible. We literally are getting to walk this out. And a Friday night in Dublin, Ireland, you are getting to walk this out. And no matter how you come to be here tonight, you know what? You're fulfilling the plan and purpose of God. You thought you were just going to come to a conference, you know, fresh fire, all of those different things. You know what? We can't even pray or whatever, all of those different things. But you know what? In the, in the early church, and this is a beautiful thing, and get a revelation of this. You know what? There was nobody laying hands on anybody in the upper room. So this idea that we always have to be laying hands on people, you know, it's is a beautiful thought. But yet, the Spirit of God was able to touch everybody, and no hand was laid on anybody. Because God can do anything. God can do anything. And so this is just my warm-up tonight. Amen. You be praying for me. Come on, give the Lord praise. Come on, give the Lord praise and honor and glory. Come on, give him praise and honor and glory. Come on, guys, we're having church in Dublin. Amen, it's so powerful. Amen, I'm telling you, Jackie is, I'm telling you, Jackie's just hanging over heaven, just going, look at them. Come on, do her memory good. I pray that the power of God touches your life and that you hear the wisdom of God tonight because you cannot live in this world just simply saying things like, man, it's getting worse. Man, it's getting dark. You see, the Bible says, as he is, so are we. Truth. So if we are like him, in Genesis, God did not step out into the darkness and say, oh my God, it's so dark out here. So therefore, as the church, as he is, we cannot keep looking at the world and saying, it's so dark out there. We have to call it the way we want it. We have to call those things that be not as though they were. So therefore, like our Father, we have to light be, and light was, and it was good. You see, when the church buys into the narrative of the world, and we just are the repeaters of what the world wants to tell us, now it's going worse and worse and wax colder and colder for us, the church. But the word of the Lord to us is the glorious church. Amen? That means as we walk forward in this, we have what we say. God did not set us up for failure. He set us up for success. Is this okay, Pastor John? Because this is what's in my heart for this weekend. God did not set us up for failure. He set us up for success. When Jesus moved into Mary's life, it looked like her world fell apart. But yet... She is heralded through history and eternity as the one who said, yes, I will carry him. I will be a mother to him. 
I will nurture him against all odds. I will do that. Now, we didn't have to walk her walk, but we have to walk ours. We didn't have to go through what she went through, but we will have to go through what we have to go through. And to think that we will not go through things, ladies and gentlemen, is really just a pipe dream. It's just really just unrealistic. We live in a world now that has changed, but so shall we. And now instead of just thinking about the power to come, we have to become that power that has come. Now we have to be what the church is supposed to be. They're waiting on us. You know that. There are thousands and thousands of people in this city are waiting on you. We are waiting on you. And that is part of my message for this weekend. We are waiting on you. So, Father, I pray over everyone in this room tonight. I pray over those, Father God, in the comfort of their homes, Father, wherever they are, that are watching online, around the world. I just thank you, Father God, that we are the emergence. And the, Father, the revolution has taken place, and the church is rising, and the uprising has begun. And we are not those who sleep, but, Father God, we are those who are very much awake. And, the, Father God, to know the times by your Spirit. And, Father God, to know that you are at work, and you're taking us by the hand, and you're leading us by your precious Spirit to do what needs to be done, to say what needs to be said, and, Father God, to bring what needs to be brought. Father, I thank you for the voice that is in this church. I thank you for the voice of these pastors. I thank you, Father God, that their voice will never be silenced. I thank you, Father, that every attack that comes against them is brought to naught. I thank you that everything, Father God, that Satan would try to do to them is brought to naught. And that, Father, every evil thing is exposed in the name of Jesus. We declare tonight that all nations is rising. We declare that we are getting stronger. We declare that we are mobilizing and activating and that we are moving forward with greater propulsion and greater momentum. We declare in the name of Jesus that the glory of God has risen upon us in the name of Jesus. That, Father, the praises of God is turning back the works of the enemy. That the praises of God are rising from our hearts, Father God, and the fire of God is burning brighter and brighter and brighter within us in the name of Jesus. Father God, I prophesy over every person tonight. Father, such an inferno of your presence, such a fire of your presence. Let your presence be felt, Father God, upon every person in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we just give you praise and honor and glory. We magnify your holy name. Come on, stand to your feet tonight. Lift your hands all over this place. Come on, begin to praise him and worship him. Come on, with your mouths, with your mouths all over. Come on, let me hear you tonight. Come on, let the person beside you hear you. Come on, come on. Come on, guys, let's go. Father, we glorify you. We magnify you. We say that Dublin in the name of Jesus shall burn with the fire of heaven in the name of Jesus, that your will, Father God, shall be seen in the lives of the people. Father God, every attack, every everything that the enemy has tried to do is being brought to naught and exposed in the name of Jesus. If you believe us, shout a big amen tonight. Come on, shout it out. The best has yet to come. Say it one more time. The best has yet to come. Come on, give the Lord praise and honor and glory. Come on, magnify Him tonight in Jesus' precious name.